Okay. Well, uh, should we, do we need to address holiday travel? I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to that today <laughs> when I was, I was posting about it and mm -hmm. I was thinking like, we're all so, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, for people who don't know, the, the last podcast started with us being a little <laughs> hubristic about little. what was about to happen in the uh, Northwest weather and really mm -hmm. all of the U.S., and thinking yeah. that we were going to travel and <laughs> yeah we were so young on, on a day that uh we couldn't <laughs> i couldn't step four feet out of my house much less travel to another state um because of a nice storm and so how has your holidays been oh <laughs> i mean i was i've said this a few times which is uh, really i think we were exceptionally lucky in how it all unfolded also, it is funny to say that because part of where we ended up was we were, we have two young children and we traveled on Christmas morning, which I feel like in any other year or scenario, I've, I'd been like, and everything was ruined. Uh, but I'm telling the story is like, honestly, everything was great. But um, yeah, I believe I am on public record uh, scoffing at the incoming ice storm or whatever that was that hit Seattle and uh, you know, 2020 hindsight, maybe predictably uh, that flight didn't even have a chance of happening. So yeah, our, our flight out of here got canceled and we got moved to Christmas, but that that's as bad as it got for us, which really wasn't terrible. So we had a nice little uh, Christmas morning uh, with the immediate family and the kids. And they were, I mean, honestly, I think they're going to remember the whole thing is amazing because it basically just spread out you know, like the ceremony of Christmas and gifts <laughs> over like three and days. And you had a plane in the middle, you know? Like yeah, and there was a plane and like there was a little bit of like, not not guilt, but like a little bit of uh, in the back of my mind as a parent on that plane, I let them do anything. Like we normally, <laughs> don't, we normally don't bring the switch when we travel, but I was like, I'm totally bringing the switch. I'm going to sit next to oh, me yeah. and like break it out right when we get to 10,000 feet and he's going to lose his mind. It was great. <laughs> so yeah, that's about it. And then, um, and then we got, we were surrounded by sickness and uh, I got a, I got a light case of COVID. Uh, and then we flew, well, hold on. I, let me, I, the sequence here matters. We flew home and then I discovered I had a light case of COVID. I'm not that <laughs> responsible. I did not. It was not the other way around. That was about it. Not too bad. How about you, Sam? How was your holiday and the travel involved? And the travel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Once the insanity of, a couple of flights and then trying to get out of here during the, the storm, which inevitably was canceled. Uh, we called it and we stayed home mm -hmm. much to the chagrin of uh, my family who wanted to see my, me as well, my family and mostly my child. Um, so. Yep. Uh, it was pretty intense because we had some burst pipes outside that ended up turning off the, the water to our entire uh, townhouse unit in the ice also christmas eve morning we finally got water back on didn't look like we were going to so we Ooh. had this mo terrifying moment of like okay we're gonna we're gonna do christmas from home and we pulled out the tree we were like yeah we're gonna go brave the the craziness oh my god the insanity of the uh grocery store hour and a half lines at the grocery Ooh. store yeah because nobody had been able to get out for days plus a lot of people weren't traveling that thought they were traveling and we were down to no food and no water 
no. Huh. Well, that's not great. That's not. So it wasn't the best. And and then there was this moment of just bleakness where we thought nothing was going to. But we turned it all around, (laughs) braved the insanity of of a few grocery trips and got our water back on just in the nick of time. And right as Christmas Eve was kind of we got a nice meal on the table. I I cooked a really nice meal. And um, I got from my son that, uh, okay, now it feels like Christmas. And I was like, okay, good. And so we had a very nice Christmas vacation from home and actually turned around quite well. It was a bummer not to see family, but to be honest, it, it, once we got through that chaos of those three or four days of, are we going, are we not going what's happening and got over the ice storm that we're bursting pipes. Yeah. Um, everything was fine. So it was total craziness, total chaos um, uh, for a couple days, but then it was a very nice break and it was nice to have the time off and be just with my family, just my immediate family. And, you know, so pretty, pretty okay outcome, all things considered with the chaos, but it was very funny to come back and listen to the beginning of that podcast where you and I were like, yeah, it's like not likely. I mean, maybe there'll be an incredibly dangerous ice storm right when we're both trying to get on planes. Um, So I never never was going to happen. So (laughs) it it struck me as a, like a different version of like, there's the one thing where you hear your own voice and you're like, Oh, is that what I sound like? There's another (laughs) thing where you hear kind of your own standard hubris and you're like, am I always that overconfident? (laughs) That was, that was my experience listening to those recordings. Uh, Again, surrounded by sickness after delays and delays. And at least we got to travel. So that was, that was nice. Uh, One thing I will say, uh, a, a great movie to uh i felt we to prep for a disrupted christmas is home alone <laughs> yeah. there's something about like there because we just watched it with the kids and there was something about when we were traveling on christmas and like we were gonna arrive into like sort of christmas mm, happening yeah, 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 yeah. we just watched it and the, again remember the, like i was talking to my daughter or something it was like it's kind of like kevin's parents She's like, oh yeah, showing okay. up right at that morning. Yeah, and it, it probably wasn't a perfect Christmas. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in the van, they were yeah. traveling, so all worked out. Thanks, thanks, John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Lives on. Lives on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I've come around to realizing how great a, a kind of perfectly great a movie that is, and. For all the things of like, there was a moment in my life where I was like, I can't handle that movie for the, what really turns out to be 10 minutes of cartoonishly, yeah, you know, insane violence. Yes. Uh, that it's not the violence, just the fact that it's treated so much like it's a, you know, a Tom and Jerry I'm cartoon. With, I'm with you on this. You know, um, it's always so weird and wild and so definitive of that movie. But most of that movie is this really strange you know, uh, Hughesian atmosphere, you know, mm-hmm. and, and more about, uh, I don't know, the weird darkness of pre Christmas, you know, like I, I, I totally love the, that, that movie for, the for vibe. its weird vibe. Yeah. It's got a great vibe. You. Yeah. It's also funny. I mean, this is just our age. I'm, I'm watching it now. I had not watched it for a very long period of time. Yeah. And then when I originally watched it was when I was fairly young and you're right. It's funny that like, all I remember is the, sort of the comical violence scenes <laughs> and maybe a few other choice like sort of ridiculous things and then as an adult you're like oh yeah there's like i said also there's john candy and also there's oh like, yeah the john candy scenes are incredible in that yeah. movie. you know like and the 
Oh my God. It's just, you know, the mom scenes, like those are some incredible right. performances and like the darkness of, of, of him being alone. And like, it's such a wildly good movie for, again, you kind of go, well, all I remembered was the, you know, for in my head, it was 45 minutes of slapstick insane, insane violence. And it really is 11 minutes or something like straight up yeah, out of like a two and a half hour movie or something, you know, like, yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's it's a whole other thing. I love the running gag of the sorry that we can move on from Home Alone, but I I'm love fine. the running gag of them hitting the statue. Every oh, car yeah. knocks over the statue. Yeah, for some like that sort of stuff is um, it's wonderful. Like I'm fully like back on like you know I'm a I'm a I'm a I don't know like I'm a stand for for <laughs> for what Home Alone. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like, you know, I think it fell out of favor pretty heavily, you know, to our generation because of the, you know, the sh- the aftershave scene and the, and the you know, all the violence. And that was sort of so definitive and it yeah, kind of permeated the world for a while. And you kind of, yeah, I, w- I would put it in the same place a lot of like early Jim Carrey or something where it's like it just mm. got stuck in its time, you know what yeah. I mean? And it wasn't actually that good, like, but it, it took over the world for five five years. And it's like. You go back and you're like, no, it's actually a fantastic little movie. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's yeah. wonderful. So Uh, a certain amount of the last 24 hours, or maybe just today, uh, talking about pricing, which isn't anything new. Uh, obviously, something we've been talking about since day one, but um, I thought it would be interesting to talk about pricing model a little bit. And tell me if this sounds right, which is I don't know if uh, at least like my interest in this ex- very specific moment in time isn't even the like dollar amount as much as sort of what's the what's the kind of uh, uh, unit of value, be it uh, features and tiers of features, or be it capacity and numbers of users or constructs or whatever else. And so I know you and I have, like I said, you, me, Mike, kind of the whole company have been having, I think, super interesting conversations about like uh, what that should be relative to the type of behavior we're trying to incentivize relative to just how we as a business uh, grow and survive and flourish. So I feel like that'd be a fun one to talk about. Want to get into it? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, okay, let's start with, uh, if it makes sense, I, it seems like a good level set of just where we are right now, because um, for the last couple of months, we've been obviously again and again talking about the fact that we're in um, uh, an alpha phase of the product. We have users in now uh, using the product uh, with their teams, which is awesome. And that's a community that we're continuing to nurture and grow. We're headed towards closed beta here pretty quickly. Um, so the app is very much real and alive. Um, I feel like we should point out the app is r- free uh, right now and will be for the foreseeable future. I'd, I'd say, and feel free to correct me or jump in, but as a business right now, our interest is very much still getting as many people into this as possible, um, continuing to get as much um, feedback and kind of understanding about how people use parts of this and don't use other parts of it and all that. So I think we're squarely in the phase of just more people better. <laughs> and as a business, uh, th- I mean, that just makes sense 
for us too, just in terms of where we are kind of in our growth and and sort of funding objectives and those sorts of things, which is just the more people we can get in here and, and make sure that this is a sticky experience, the better. So app is currently free and for kind of the immediate foreseeable future, that's gonna be the case. Maybe, I, I think it'd be interesting just to talk in that space for a second, which is, um, there, the, I, I would say there are behaviors right now for users and kind of for, let, let's kind of say for the first half of the year, just to sort of put some bounds on this, there are behaviors that we want to incentivize. And I think those behaviors, I would say we want to incentivize those because as, as people do them, it increases the sort of value prop of the application itself for those users and for the people that they're working with. Um, and then also we obviously want this to be something that kind of spreads beyond company one and team one to many, many companies and many, many different teams. So I thought it might be interesting to start there, which is a, just a conversation around like just in the moment right now and for the next six months, given the, I think, understanding of what the app is, so we don't need to rehash that, what do we view as kind of, here's what we hope people do? Does that, does that work? I kind of want to put that to you first. What Do you have an idea of sort of what are the key behaviors that we want to see a community of users start to do to increase the value to themselves? And obviously, from our perspective, sort of increase the footprint of the app as a whole across all users. I guess uh, I also think it would be worth just to to reiterate that like the business model of the app as as we're going is definitely going to be PLG, yeah. and so like like all this is based on some assumptions around PLG and PLG is product led growth, meaning the product kind of sells itself in that once you are exposed to the product, you do not need a sales cycle like a human led sales cycle. You just need a uh, you know a shingle a, a website out there telling you what how you acquire it and um the product is somewhat self-evident in terms of its value and a lot of times you're getting exposed to that in some sort of viral way and um meaning that you see somebody use it or you're invited to use it and you're using it in some free or trial-based way and you're like oh i love this and you want to use it yourself um some of the best you know plg winners of recent times are things like miro and notion um, also, one of the best things for um, PLG models are things like templates and things like that of like people finding ways to get what they need out of the product. So they are sort of like they're creating a layer on top of the product that is that is even more suited for their own needs. Um, seems to be a pattern with with PLG. Um, why do we think that's the most important? The model that fits well. We just think that 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 actually creates what we want, which is teams and managers finding us and uh, installing us kind of from the bottom up because what we're trying to avoid is that sort of HR tool, a, a style of uh, install base where uh, it's a big install that comes from the top down and doesn't get used and gets kind of installed in kind of a huge monolithic way. And you're told to use this and you're like, I don't know, I'm not motivated to use, I don't know why this exists. And then it's a huge effort and a huge lift to even get it in. And then it's not really used the way we want it to be used. This is a manager by manager, team by team, install base, bottom up. And that seems to fit the PLG model very well. So um, so what does that mean? Like, what do we think, uh, what what activities does that not, like map to that would be the big question here. Uh, it sounds like you're asking. Yeah. Yeah, I I good call in the context on on 
couldn't appeal you on that whole level set. I'm with you there. Um, and yes, I mean, I'll just go ahead and jump in here with the, with the easy one, which is again, not to sort of rehash features or how this whole thing works. Um, but the, the kind of highest level here is obviously just getting organizations on board. And then within that organization are different users that are, uh, working on any number of teams. I would say not, not even, well, yeah, I would say generally speaking, the more team we want more teams <laughs> like like there's there's the uh idea of we want more people in this first and foremost and that's kind of the baseline beyond that a thing we want them doing is creating more teams and more teams are better for us and i would i i am not saying that like obviously to some insane limit where teams are meaningless but the more this sort of legitimately represents the different ways that people are working together within an organization <clears throat> I'm saying adds value to the user in the application itself. If I can go in there in the trails work and I can not only uh, get more organized and more structured around how I'm working with my teams and, and kind of connect more with the purpose of that team and have more clarity and all, sort of all the things that we've talked about, but I can also within the context of my organization, um, first of all, just do that across all the teams I'm involved in, but also get some visibility to the teams that I'm not involved in and understand how they're doing things too. And you mentioned templates, get into a world where we're then, you know, able to via templates or whatever else, share how we're doing things um, in a very kind of operational way and that type of thing. That is a, that that's the kind of, um, you know, second level kind of exponentially, or excuse me, exponential value of this thing where it's, it's about more than just, Hey, Sam and I get to work together in trails work and that's super useful for us. But, you know, adding more people makes it the, the value is not linear across just the next user, right? The next user adds more value than just a single kind of person. Um, so with all that said, I mean, first of all, make sense and agree, uh, I'm asking, <laughs> but then I think that's, that's like the most basic thing to me is, is then as we think about how we, uh, um, go to market and price this thing, that's a big thing, which is, well, how do we make sure I, that people uh, are not disincentivized to do that, first of all, uh, but then also that they can kind of behave in those ways as easily as possible? I do think that more teams, more people matters for sure. But I think what we really are looking for has to do with more in like deeper integration into the people that we have's life. Like the fact that we didn't say sessions in there is probably a problem. Mm. Like, like I think more sessions more regularly being used and yeah. in, and um, people finding more places to do more with sessions, you know, like going, Oh, I guess we could use sessions for that too. You know, um, use a trellis work for that too. And, and they spin up a session for it and whether or not that requires the, the grouping of a new team, I don't really care as much more people for sure because the more people that means there's more networks across your company that you have a common language of these sessions so uh that just means that it's becoming a more standard standard verb inside of your company to you know oh let's spin up a session and, and track it in inside of trellis work is um that becoming more standard i would agree with that but like to me it's a deeper integration into it because that means that people are less likely to churn and that we are more we're providing more value to them right like like that they're 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 not seeing it as a drag they're seeing it as an additive value right um more teams is a nice byproduct to me both both figuratively like 
like in that more literal teams at your company or or your organization and more teams literally from the more literal like object model way of there's more teams in your trellis work instance both of those are fine nice to have but i don't actually think they're the driving thing i think deeper integration of trellis work into your your team and then eventually your companies the people you work with at your company th your workflows that's what matters to me um way more than more quote-unquote teams yeah i honestly couldn't agree more i think honestly i'm jumping the gun a little bit because i i would say i'm baking in the like <laughs> you're right and the kind of the core value within just the context of a single team and how we grow that value i'm the, <laughs> i think i'm a little like mentally was already a little bit kind of beyond that but you're 100 right which like the, that needs attention and that needs to be cultivated so totally fair um yeah but before any idea of expanding to or caring about and pushing on how do we get people to use this in teams across organizations or ultimately to multiple organizations. The whole point is what is this, like the atomic unit here is teams has always been obviously in like all of our language forever. <laughs> and so like the value that is created for that team. Yeah, that's, that's number one, totally agreed. So we solved that. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, okay, so uh, in maybe I'll, I'll let's intentionally stay there. Then, so we've to sort of bring it back to pricing. We've and, and like I said, maybe more about just what that unit is. I'll, I'll rehash a little bit about what we've talked about. Like I said, maybe earlier this week and today, which is <clears throat> um, uh, uh, there's a ton of nuance to this. So I'm going to like incredibly oversimplify. Um, but we could think about this as a per seat thing and everything I'm going to say is going to have kind of tiers maybe baked in or features baked in there. There are so many layers to this, but the simple is um, kind of a per user per seat um, type approach to this. We've talked about um, instead kind of going up to a look for an organization, kind of a fixed price to, uh, with some, maybe some limits around it. And anybody can come into that space. We've talked about um, sort of capacity um, limits and tiers. So, you know, for some number of teams, um, you know, you're either in a, in a free tier, you're in some other tier. And then when you cross X plus one number of teams, you get to a different place. Um, all of these have been on the table and we've had all kinds of interesting conversations. I feel like you just did a little bit of a dive this morning on um, uh, what other similar applications or applications that are in the same sort of space look like. Uh, Maybe we're talking through that real quick and sort of what you saw. Yeah, and, and some of this comes from like I think you and I like models that are simple. <laughs> you know, like we like pictures <laughs> that are simple. Yeah. And whether or not um, you know we are great salespeople or whatever, like you know, sales and marketing folks. You know, like whether or not that's actually to our benefit, I don't know. But we love a simple pitch of like. Uh, yep. you don't need complicated answers. It's like this much flat for an org this big, and then you're good. And and then it's call us if it's an enterprise, you know, like anything that simplifies the pitch and do very simple, to, easy to predict numbers we like because we think that's uh, customer friendly and being customer friendly means uh, better retention over time and things like that. Uh, so I kind of went out looking for like, assuming that, per seat, per head, per user, whatever you want to call it, uh, was going to be a majority in the PLG model and using the peer signal database. Um, 
of, of they have a database where you can take a look at every pricing page that of like all, hundreds and hundreds of SaaS tools, and you can actually just drill down to specifically PLG model uh, companies. And I was just flipping through them. And it was pretty remarkable that like, there really isn't a lot of people doing splitting the difference between, there were sort of two poles. One was consumption-based and on those, you're gonna be talking about database tools, um, things with like throughput, you know, and like, you know, almost like an energy uh, ticker, you know, <laughs> like you've consumed this much power this month, yep. you pay us this much, you know, yep. like very obvious track uh, ticker tracker sort of tools. Um, and then, uh, per seat and, and that seat was wildly different. It was kind of amazing to watch the dollars move up and down, depending on how important, how few people might be using it in an org, right? Like if it was something that like, oh, you'd want everybody in your org to have a, have this, well, then your dollar amount would go down. Right. And then if it was like, well, four people in DevOps is going to use this. So now it's $300 per head per month, you know, you could, how, how important and, and kind of big and, and kind of scary is this? And it's usually, like I said, in like infrastructure or something, you'd suddenly get thousands of dollars per month per seat because you're working on very important kind of close to the metal, you know, um, engineering. And you're like, okay, that I can see that pitch. And, you know, um, the importance yeah. level goes up. Either, either it's the fewer number of people or the importance level to that practice goes up and the dollar amount goes up. Or the amount of per, like eventual assumed penetration in the org, meaning like how many the, most people in the org would need this because we do our business on this or on this surface, the dollar amount would go down. But for the most part, it was consumption based or per head. And I didn't really find a ton of people trying to buck that trend. And it makes sense because PLG's model is just with that virality of like, hey, we're just trying to spin people, spin contracts through the door with low effort, every person ma matters. And so going to a model that's kind of chunking or tiering or, or um, creating like these, these tranches of people that are all kind of, you know, it's as valuable as having four people in there as it is having 24 people in there because it's the same price. Um, it's kind of against the PLG model. So I think it's like really hard to buck that trend. I'm still kind of interested in like, well, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't buck the trend. It just means that you've got to have a really good reason for bucking right. the trend, right? Um, but I, I was somewhat turned around on, all right, as much as I like simple, you know, and for years I pointed at our sort of love-hate <laughs> relationship with 37 Signals and, and, and Basecamp, you know, I like a lot of what they're doing. I really dislike quite a lot of the people and the personalities involved, but uh, they, um, they for years were 100 bucks flat for the entire instance of, right. of Basecamp. And I really like that. And I noticed recently they actually went to $11 ahead. And they have some pretty cool incentives of your first three people for the first year are free. You know, like they're still trying to be, they have this, this tone. They've had this tone and brand of being very consumer uh, forward and very consumer centric and trying to be the simple answer and the cheap answer. So I think they're trying to keep that with some of these things. Like not only do you get three people for free, you know, like on a trial basis, but those first three people are going to be free for a year. You know what I mean? That's pretty interesting. You know, small, yeah. small businesses could get a year free, you know, that's pretty amazing. So, um, uh, I thought that, you know, that, that showed that there's other levers towards being uh, consumer friendly.
Yep. Um, but even them moving to it is such like a sign of the times, you know? <laughs> and um, I think, uh, I think, I think it's hard to make the case that, uh, that a Percy, as much as I find some of that pricing frustrating, I think, I think that the big revolution has already happened, which was you do a per seat pricing, but you do it annually. Because right. the number one problem with per seat pricing, you know, whatever, I'm talking completely out of my, uh, what I assume to be true. I am not an expert in any of these fields, but I'm, I'm just saying the thing that to me is the number one problem is the fact that you are kind of month to month, churn is easy, and it when you add, uh, you spin up a team of three more people, you had three people in your team, you have to go remind IT that you're paying X number of dollars a month. And now it's exactly. 500 bucks a month because we yeah. got 50 people on it. And it's like, Ooh, this thing's starting to be a real bear. How much are we actually using this? And you get, um, the amount of scrutiny keeps you getting scrutinized month after month. Every time somebody is in a growth stage company is adding people, your product is being scrutinized for, is it worth it? And so, um, annual plans, uh, annualizing those small dollar amounts is just such a smart way of doing it. Cause yeah, it's a lot to be paying like three, $4,000, but it's like, it's a lot easier if it's like every time somebody comes on, you just do this lump sum 140 bucks or, you know, yeah. 60 bucks or whatever it is. Right. And yep. you do the little, you incentivize it with discounts. I think that that revolution lasts five years, I think has, you know, everything's kind of moved to that model. I think that's really where the middle ground has come in um, for, for like, uh, there's a lot of problems with month to month, but it's really works well um, or sorry for seat based. And so I think that's kind of where we're, where we're probably headed, but I'm still interested in how do you make that very consumer friendly? And the yeah. other revolution that has, sorry for monologuing here, but like, the other revolution I've seen in all this, ex, you know, the the looking around we've done is the reverse trial, right? Like um, where you get a premium version of the app for whatever your trial length is, two weeks, yeah. a month, three months. And then you actually get shunted down to kind of a free, free version that lacks a lot of the bells and whistles. Right now, I don't think our product is positioned in a way where we would have a really obvious reverse trial, but I don't think that's true forever. I do think we could do that. And I think that's one of the more humane trial systems where you're not getting kicked out of an app, you sure. are, but you know, features are being taken away because it's like, look, you know, like you can continue to use that, but in a limited way. Yep. So I think um, looking for like extending trial links to be kind of impressive, making sure your dollar amount makes sense for how much value you're, you're generating. Because again, we're a growth stage, tiny, tiny company right now. I think every lever, like as much as we're trying to make money at the moment, what we're trying to do is acquire users. <laughs> you know, yeah. like acquiring users matters so much more than uh, making any individual, you know, team, you know, give us <laughs> $2,000 in a year, you know what I mean? So it's, whatever we can do to be legitimate and, and, you know, bring in some dollars, but also be very consumer friendly in the way in the manner in which we do that, I think would be the best way to fit our sort of yeah. way we want to do business. You mean Mike with how does PLG work? Yep. Yeah. Agreed across the board. I think the, the idea of Percy pricing, you're right about annualizing that uh, I'm speaking almost like more, 
as you know, all of the times I've been a been in, in a management position and gone out into the world and kind of looked for solutions for my problems uh, with or without the blessing of IT. Like, like just knowing what those models look like and, and knowing what kind of sort of comfort, comfortable standard models are. The per seat pricing, annual pricing, I'm, I'm with you on that in that it feels at least at the moment with like where we're going and that feels like the kind of reading the market around us, the, the, the right place to go, or at least the place to go that's going to sort of meet people's expectations, users' expectations, which is true. And so then I'm kind of right where you are, which is <clears throat> just the nuance of like, this is where I really do put just a manager hat on and, and think about, um, I mean, I can, I guess I won't name particular <laughs> apps or software, but like that, you know, going all of the times that I've sort of said, hey, I think this thing solves my problem. First, I want to easily be able to check it out then <laughs> I want to easily bring in, you know, two or three lieutenants and sort of get some buy-in and especially for our app, um, some in-app collaboration because in so many ways, that's the point itself, right? Like there's a, there's always, rightfully, there's a thing here, which is just going into it as a, a there's value going into this as a single individual and using it, but the the, the real value that we care about here is, two plus people you know using this thing so how yeah. do i get how do i kind of as a manager do that as easily as possible as quickly as possible and then you're right then you kind of switch modes into all right convinced here we go um i mean you're, i don't think i'd kind of said it as clearly in my own mind but you're exactly right which is like then there's then there's the like uh how do i keep using this without you know pissing anybody off in it <laughs> you know depending on oh, the yeah, yeah. how do i how do i just sneak this one how, how do i make sure this is, is sort of within my you know, discretionary manager budget, and and it's as easy as possible to say, yeah, this passes security, and and off we go. So, I don't have answers for any of these things, but I think like that's that's that is literally the the journey that I then try to imagine. And my journey is not necessarily representative, but like what are sort of the typical. And honestly, I I should this is the type of thing that I should sit down and kind of synthesize. Which is, I, I mean, we're getting this even with our design partners slash now just sort of alpha users that were highly engaging the, the the ones that are kind of coming to us and, and working very closely with us um it's been interesting to chart their own journeys which is some i mean i'm not saying it's the same but i'm saying like it's some version of what i've just described which is hey i'm i think this is super cool i'm trying to bring this to my team right now I, i'm trying to I'm, I'm convincing my manager and here's what i'm and, and so those journeys i think are going to be uh super valuable super critical for us to understand uh and i think yeah, as, as much as we can reduce sort of the barriers to people easily getting to use this with their teams in the context of their organizations, that feels like the goal. And it feels like pricing model and, you know, maybe not for today, but eventually price point is, is going to be a big part of that. And I think model, I thought I thought what you were going to say there is like model is probably solved, right? Like it's, it's per seat with an annualized yeah. discount. And then it the, the levers we have are what incentives around free... Free, like yep. the freemium sets uh, incentives that we have, and then what price points? And I think both of those things we should try to be, you know, my, I will advocate for being extreme on those things. You know, going lower than it feels comfortable because we oh, are looking okay. for acquisition. And yep. then I will also go like, I don't actually think it makes a lot of sense for us to have a free tier that's completely free. That's like one team you can't make another team, and there's three people, right? And you can do that for the rest of your life but it seems right to me. It seems like it would make a lot of sense. Oh, 
in the in the five year period, the ten year period of if we have this company, that being an inherently important thing for us, like kind of makes sense to me. I I think I hands. think the right <laughs> PLG model would be just a really long trial, so that sure. it really gets built into people's rhythms, and then they're like, I can't give this up. You know, maybe a reverse trial or something. That's a way of doing the freemium. That would make that would probably be the one that would calm me down as a freemium like reverse trial. But like for now, it's like, yeah, like, <laughs> like I just, I, yeah. it, I, I think it would be like most people would tell us not to do that three person, one team completely sure. free. And I'm, you know, now we're getting really into business decisions on the podcast. But like, I think this is the, like, this is sort of the radical transparency I've been talking about with this podcast. Like, I want to tell you whether or not we actually do that. It's we're coming from a state of I would like to figure out a way to make that make sense because yeah. that's kind of the nature of trellis work right now is we just want people, small organizations, you know, little little groups of people seeing if they could get value out of that aren't just information workers, you know, like working on product teams. Like we and the only way you're gonna do that is if you add a freemium tier. Yeah. You know, right. or, Look. I'm going to be an enabler here on this one, which is, I mean, and again, you and I, we can echo chamber on this because I think we both like these types of models, but I, but I also, this is self-serving. Um, there's a bit of like, I listen, at, at least don't discount those instincts, right? Um, like as we, we, you and I have been in just these types of consumer technology spaces on all sides of them for a long time, we, we know what kind of sort of pops for, for us, at least as users and buyers and those types of models are compelling and i i mean i require so much thinking but there i i feel sort of the same sort of um uh confidence is the wrong word the intuition i suppose that there's a level here that is the hey i'm gonna use this with uh uh a couple family members <laughs> to do to to get coordinated on some you know random home project they're just like well you know a bit let's just check this out and this will be a little bit fun um and then the hook to like oh like there are some things that as soon as you see them you think oh i get this and i get the power of this if i were to scale this up to my actual eight person team at at work, or if I were to convince my manager and my organization to start using this type of tool. And so I don't know, I, 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 again, I, I'm motivated by similar models. So you and I need uh, someone else in the room to disagree with us right <laughs> now. But um, and we, we haven't talked about it much, and I won't go in too deep into it. But if we want there to be an experience that in the long, long term in our product that it is, mm. has nothing to do with being in an org, explicitly that yeah. is a that is a user you are a freestanding user that has yeah um some you know various things we've talked about um you would never want to pay for that you know what i mean like you, that's the part yeah. that would be free and so kind of putting this idea that there's a free space and a free stand you know like there is value you can get from from the product that has nothing to do with a seat inside of an org is actually kind of good to build in just from like day one. You know what I mean? Like, so I think, yeah. and that's pretty ambitious stuff what we're talking about. That's like, that's a five-year plan, you know, like that's, you know, for right now it feels wildly ambitious, but like, I'd like to make sure we're building wildly ambitious into pricing plans because 
pricing plans in general are usually based on wildly ambitious ideas of like, we're going to have X million users. You know what I mean? Almost all pricing plans are actually pretty wildly ambitious. So uh, (laughs) I think, um, I, I think we we're basically about as far as we could go on this topic today, but like, I do want to like say there's probably actually some real business and even technological reasons why we'd want to be careful to make sure there's like, not like a bit that flips when you're not paying for this, that, and you're suddenly gone out of the system. So, yeah, look, I, I'm not suggesting this as an answer as much as just, it feels like a, a small sort of grain of what we're talking about here. And it's interesting that we're already seeing it, which is the, I have been surprised with the, um, number of current users and <clears throat> pardon me, excuse me. I've been surprised about the number of current users, uh, in, in the current alpha context, um, that have sort of reached out and, and either provide feedback for, or honestly, more often than not, just given us like a big kind of thumbs up and praise for, for just the content itself. And I mean, things as simple as sort of what we have in the whole charter section and stuff like that, which has not been necessarily a major focus <laughs> in the last few few months. And and just as we've gotten into a templating con- uh, conversation internally, but that sort of extends externally real quickly as well, just in the conversations I'm having with, again, partners and users. Um, z- some of what I want to get, I, w- I want to kind of phrase this correctly, which is, um, oh, the... D- d- just the idea of of the content for like here's how you here's how we recommend running a typical one-on-one here's how we recommend running this sort of team and when i say running what i mean is just like building out in the trails work context you know sessions and here's what rituals should look like all that yeah thank you yeah here's what rituals should look like um i, I want to get my words right here which is i I and I want to say this as humbly as possible, which is we are clearly a team of people that already care about this sort of thing, like already care about running a variety of rituals that kind of service different needs of a team and making those as collaborable and equitable as possible. And like these are all things that we just like this is why we made this company. (laughs) These are all things that we all naturally come to the table with. And so I say this humbly, which is it has been interesting to have conversations with a lot of different folks. And things that I think I sort of naturally discount as like, well, yeah, of course you would do this, um, have have been some of the biggest like, oh, thank you for just putting this down. Like, thank you for making this list. <laughs> thank you for kind of building these prompts. And so anyway, sorry, a bit, bit of a, a bit of a uh, rant there. But I, I want to put a plug in for like, I don't want us to lose sight of like even something as simple as when we talk about templates or even just some of the, the templated content for things like charters, like there's... There's real value in there that I think uh, I will tell you people are accessing just independently. Like that's for for a like subset of users, that's been step one, which is like, oh, wow, you, you just have a great set of things for to get me started on charters as a new manager. Or, oh, hey, you kind of have some pretty straightforward ideas about how I should just be running my team. Um, those have been starting points that, like I say, maybe at least for myself, it's, it's easy to discount that and... Uh, so I don't, I, I want to like a little mental, little mental note that like, even that is it's an interesting starting point for individual value in this whole thing. But we do, we do much more interesting and, and sophisticated things than that. And we will. All right. Anything else? No, I don't think so. Should we uh, just be clear that Sarah wasn't here? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I really, look, uh, it's, I think a, a very, a, we, we, I would love 
more and more Sarah in these podcasts all of the time and you and I to, to shut our mouths. But I do want to be very clear that Sarah's actually not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel just awful if people did not know that. <laughs> yes, it's true. Sarah, Sarah's not here today. So we look forward to having her back next time. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, great work, Sam. It was a good one. All right. Talk to you later. Why? Just like, oh, oh right. You know, not have to like entice her into my room with like 40 cheese sticks. And like, she still is like, nah. <laughs> I'll pass on that. I love this dog. <laughs> she like, she's food motivated until she realizes that there's a negative outcome. And then she's like, no, food's coming later. Don't worry oh, about smart. it. Smart. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to starve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah all right. The, 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 cheese can wait. Cheese is great. I love cheese. Yeah, Yeah, I don't want to send the wrong signal here. I do love what you're putting down. But But at the top of the stairs, and that usually means I get trapped in that room with you. Where one time that five ounces of plastic model fell on me. So so I I cannot ever go back into that room. This is like smarter than my son. I don't think my son can make that like uh, reward decision. Yeah, exactly. Now. And cheese in front of me. What are you talking about? I'll do anything for cheese. I'll do anything for cheese. Time does not exist. Cheese. You show me some sea stack and I'm like, what do you want? I'll kill a man. (laughs) Yep.